Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit beats Anaheim, sweeps California, and picks up a crucial six points along the way. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Scotty ended up being quite a good weekend. Um, I mean, not for me personally, I popped positive for COVID, but outside of that, I mean, the wings won, obviously, we're going to recap that game in this one. The lions uh, won their final game, although at what cost losing Laporta possibly for the first uh, playoff. Yeah, they game. said initial reports is like, it's not as bad as it looked. It's right. Like it's optimistic report. It's a hyper extension with a bone bruise, but you still might be losing him for the playoff game, which is yeah. a real big blow. We'll um, especially as it's Stafford's revenge game coming home to Detroit. The first ever playoff game he'll play at Ford Field, and it'll be as Stafford's in it. The Stafford's in it, and like he's we all thought. The QB. Um, but anyways, listen to Locked Online. This team's only lost by 17. But they lost Cade. They only lost by 17 points. But they lost their best player and only real player. <laughs> <laughs> only lost by 17. Only lost by 17. What a night. What a night. What a night. Good night. Uh but yeah, so Red Wings obviously sweep three, all three games in California. Getting oh six yeah, dude. What six. a great everything. I mean, seriously, like this was, we talked about last week, we had an episode where we were like, hey, if we can just catch fire and just have a three or four game stretch where they get hot and win a few games, they're right back in it. They're right in the thick of things. They're competitive. They can even get over that line and be <clears throat> back in to the playoff picture straight up and uh, they went out and won their next three games. They went on a West coast roadie and took all six points of a possible six literally can't ask for any better. Uh, we'll talk about the performance. It certainly was not a perfect game, right? Came down to a uh, uh, redirect off of a skate with about a minute left to seal the victory. Um, but uh, we've been saying it all year, right? They, uh, they, they, they don't ask how they ask how many, right? Obviously, not not our quote, but uh, it it holds true in in trips like this, man. And this is something that uh, I think is is I mean, Captain Obvious statement. It's good to win these games. That's that's a good thing. But um, yeah, just a, an awesome awesome weekend and or trip, West Coast roadie, whatever. And uh, yeah, now you get three days off to come home and hopefully keep the momentum rolling. Yeah. So I mean. A couple of things. Uh, one, I promised I would say this, and you, you said you said this was going to happen, right? I promised that if the Red Wings beat Anaheim, and no matter what fashion, I would come in here and declare the skid is over, and the skid is over, Scotty. Uh, so anything that happens from here on out is a new skid. All right. So if they lose the next five, that's not, this. So if they skid, lose their next skid. four, that's not related to the previous. That's a separate skid. <laughs> They've won three straight. This is different. Uh, so the skid is over. It was an ugly game and the Red Wings still continue to play to their competition's level, which is really frustrating. They played down to San Jose. They played up to LA and they played down to Anaheim. 
where like they just match the skill level for whatever reason of the opponent they're playing. And it's infuriating because you look at this roster, you look at this talent. This is not a team that should be struggling against Anaheim. It's not a team that should be struggling against San Jose. And I understand not every team is going to pop five, six goals on Anaheim and San Jose every single time they play each other. But we've played both of our games. Both the Red Wings have played both of their games against those these two teams. And both of those games have been close, tight-knit games. Wings won one uh, against... And they went one and one against both those teams. So it's just incredibly infuriating that they continue to play up to their opponents. It's good. It'll be a good thing come playoffs if they make the playoffs, because that means they'll be playing oh like playoff caliber hockey, right? You want to connect those dots and make that. that let's <laughs> go for it. a narrative puck right there. Let's, let's, let's push that narrative. But uh, it is, it is frustrating for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, Scotty before, and I want to obviously talk about Alex Lyon first and foremost, cause he deserves the, the absolute, all the flowers in this game. As I just slightly changed the background just now, you guys didn't see that. We're I five didn't minutes even in. notice either, man. I, I'm not restarting the recording, so we're five minutes in. You slightly saw me changing that background. <laughs> um, but yes, so before we can get to Alex Lyon, I have to ask. I know five minutes in, right? Kind of like to ask, but what's your one word to describe the game? Jeez, dude. Um, what's a synonym? For like, we'll take it. <laughs> like that's that's kind of like how I feel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we'll we'll take it, man. I, was it the prettiest game ever? No, we'll talk about it. Um, certainly, the third period got a uh, got a little a little sketchy there. Um, but I think that I, again, like at the end of the day, I, I shared the sentiment you had at the end of the week last week, right? Where it was like, you know what? I, I just want to walk out of here. At this point, you have an opportunity to leave California with six. You left California with six. I, I'm not going to be too pressed about, uh, you know, like, be too upset with a win where you sweep the West Coast. So I, I think that's definitely not one word. I'm incredibly Enough. tired. I can't, can't really cook up. Uh, Enough. I'll, I'll think about it. And when it pops into my head at some point, I'll, I'll just blurt it out. But uh, that's kind of how I feel after this one. It's just like, you know what? We'll take it. How about, Scotty, just enough? I love it. Perfect, dude. There you go. Perfect. I'll go without uh, too. Again, like, let's be honest. If anyone was watching this Red Wings game, you know, with the exception of the first 10 minutes of the second period, the Ducks had all the momentum in this game. And this is the not Ducks, a very... They, they play a reckless and ridiculous style of hockey and I don't hate it I'm not this is not me like complaining about it they you know There's we were no just talking about wins and how we don't ask how we ask how many that's how they feel about pims dude it's insane they they go out there and they just throw bows and and, and chuck knucks and, and just see what happens um they they play an aggressive and like you know, when, when you lack in the in the talent department, we'll say, you kind of have to make up for it other ways. So, like, I, I again, this is not me being a hater or a jerk or anything. That's But it, it, it's just a, a – they were consistently in the box for 60 minutes, like co- pretty consistently. Um, the Red Wings had a lot of special teams opportunities in this one and uh, would have liked to see them convert on a little bit more, but obviously converted on the one early – um, yeah, this was just, uh, uh, like I said, kind of a reckless all over the place game at times. And I do give, even though it was a, 
kind of by the skin of their teeth win, I do give the Wings credit for trying to corral that like craziness that it kind of seemed like at times. You know what's really interesting about this Ducks team too is they're not. It's not as if they're like the Sharks where they're almost just completely devoid of talent. Like they have some they have players on this team. Yeah, yeah. they they have a Trevor, Trevor Zegers who's starting to come alive finally at two goals in this game. Oh, he's had a good um, goal. Yeah, good game tonight. Both the games for the Ducks, and we'll talk about those goals against too because I have thoughts. Uh, Frank Vitrano's had a really good season with the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Troy Terry just got paid. You yep. know, this is a team I. I have a lot of thoughts on Radko Gudis, but he's a talented defenseman. He's a talented crapster. <laughs> Gudis um, is the, I said this off air before we started. He's the definition of you hate him when he's not on your team. You love him when he's on your team. That's mm-hmm. like the, he's like the epitome of that style. Yeah. And so like watching this team go out there and just play such an undisciplined game. It, so like two things, right? The Ducks lead the league in PIMS by over 25 minutes. It might be Dude, closer to 35 minutes. It's, like it, like I'm when I say reckless, I mean, like it is, they literally just go out there and just play completely reckless hockey and and hope that it can kind of swirl your head enough to, to, you know, yeah, look at that chart. Goodness gravy. And this is, this isn't counting today's game either. So, cause it still has the writings. This was game 40 for the wings. So they had another, Another 10 minutes and penalty minutes in this game. So that's going to take me to 228, where the Wild is that the Wild? I, it's a little that small. That is the Wild. Uh, yeah, that's the Wild. Uh, have 175 as of right now. And they, I don't think, played in this, played tonight on Sunday. No, they did not. So, like, that's 228 to 175 in penalty minutes. That could be that is 50. crazy. That's 50. That could be 50 more. Yeah. It's just, that's it's not true. a. Sp- and that's that falls on coaching, right? Like this is either how they want the team to play games, or he can't get the team to stop taking penalties. And the Red Wings are draw the most penalties in the league, so you knew you were going to get a lot of power plays. Yeah. And like you said, I wish they had converted more. Obviously, the Dylan Larkin one, you couldn't have drawn that one up better. It was beautiful oh finish, beauty, dude. The, the beauty. passing uh, from Gostisbehere going down low to Perron, finding Larkin wide open, low bumper, just buried it, and the Wings needed that goal in a bad way. Was they the Debrinket save at the end of the game? Was that on a peeper too? Um, I can't remember if that was on the power play, but they had quite a few looks yeah. on the power play just before that as well. The passing was really good. Just like it's had on every power play, by the way. I'm sorry. Did Kane? Did Kane? That didn't make sense at all. In He's the last, <laughs> my brain is soup. In the last game, in the last power play, did Kane play the entire shift? He may have. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I, he was, if he didn't, he was dang near close, man. He, I mean, he was, seriously, he was out there for, I feel like the almost the entire power play in the last one, and that is not the only power play that it felt like that either, man. He was putting in work out there um, on special teams. And, like, I mean, he's incredible on the power play. He continues to, a fantastic cross ice passing. He's, uh, yeah. And it's not just that either. Like, obviously, when he gets out the puck on his stick, he kind of just stands still and stick handles and waits for passing lanes to open, but yep. it also serves to draw defenders to him. He's waiting for a defender to fall for it and come at him. So he yep. draws that guy out of play. It's, he's, he's magnificent. He did lead the he did lead the team in power play time with five minutes and 55 seconds. Yep. So the Red Wings had 10 That'll minutes of power play time, and he played over half of it. So, yeah, he may very well have. Uh, we had to take a quick break, Scotty. When we come back, we should talk a little bit more about – we should talk – period about Alex Lyon. I did promise he'd be the first thing we let off with, but then the conversation steered in a different direction. So we'll talk about Alex Lyon coming out of this break. So stay tuned to segment two of Lockdown Red Wings. 
Got to talk to you guys today about game time. I know, Scotty, like me, you love to go see live events at Little Caesars Arena, Comerica Park, Ford Field. And if you're like me, you're sick and tired of just all the fees that happen when you try to buy your tickets online. I've said it a lot of times. You try to buy a ticket for $40, $50, $60, and then all of a sudden, the price is doubled. You go, what the hell? You look at the why? You got three or four different types of service fees, all with different titles, and you're paying twice as much. Well, you don't got to worry about that when you're shopping with game time. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices. Show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in two seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute tickets. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for big time savings. And game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time, game time app, create an account and, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off download game time today. Create an account. Sorry. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Position. What is happening? Hardcore wires crossed. Play the Se- outro, baby. We've all. We're done. That was a good episode. Good up. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Um, Alex Lyon, Scotty, was, you know, you have mentioned several times on this episode, on this podcast, rather, that you are begging a goalie, begging a goalie to go out there and steal the Red Wings a game. And progressively, through each and every game, Lyon has <laughs> gotten closer and closer to closer that. Closer and closer to doing that. And I think this is the game where he did that. Uh, both those goals against, neither were his fault. Nothing he could do on either of those. Oh my gosh, the second one. I mean, we'll talk about it, I'm sure. And he had a 9-3-5 save percentage on 29 shots against against the Anaheim Ducks. Like, And this is a Ducks team that dominated the play in this game. They had a 56% share of the... Uh, five on five shot attempts, a 53% share of the expected goals for, and then just in general, they had more shots in this game leading 30 to 28 on top of the fact that they had a five on three power play and several, I think they had four power plays as well. The Red Wings went four for four in the penalty kill line was on top of it today. He looked absolutely stellar. A hundred percent, man. And yeah, like, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. That was a big tangent. I went on a couple of weeks ago and now this is, his fifth straight start, like you said, and um, it's deserved. And I don't think anyone wants it to change, which is like really the biggest, I feel like testament that you can really have to uh, continuing to play him and for a good performance, especially given all the shaky goaltending this team has had over the last several seasons, Uh, just getting anybody that on a night in and night out basis, everybody's like, yeah, him, like no questions asked. And I feel like that's kind of what lion has deserved at this point. Um, he is absolutely to the point, uh, especially over this stretch where he is, uh, at a minimum keeping them in games, if not winning them games. 
Yeah, I mean, he had a goal saved above expected in this one of 1.33. So yeah. if you, how much, depending on how much stock you put in advanced analytics, he saved over a goal more than he should have with his goaltending. He was just great. And not to overshadow Lucas Dostal either. I mean, the, it's crazy. We talked about it on our preview on Friday. He's the an Ducks animal. Don't deserve the good goaltending that they have. With how He's bad a, this team is between yeah, Gibson man. and Dostal, it's ridiculous. Well, uh, yeah, and that that's been a thing for most of Gibson's NHL career too, sadly. But, um, yeah, man, uh, he he's an animal. That save on Debrinket, the pad save, was phenomenal. Uh, he, I mean, he, he was great all night. Obviously, uh, he's coming off that game against Toronto. They ended up losing, I'm pretty sure, in OT. But he faced like the third most shots that any Ducks goalie in franchise history has ever faced. It was like 56 shots or 52 shots or something crazy in a night. Um, held them shutty through two or something. Like he he's been an absolute monster. Uh, and to the Toronto publication that called him a no name, which is ironic. Considering you're ridiculous. Consider- you're, you're stupid. We're not gonna we're not gonna name the publication because we don't want to give them more uh, publicity. Yeah, look um, it up yourself. But it's not hard to find. Yeah. Well, also like Toronto media calling another goalie a no name goalie when their goaltending has been nowhere near as good as the Ducks goaltending. It's absurd. Yeah, it is absurd. Well, just Don't... put respect on the kid's name, man. He literally won rookie of the month. Like what are we talking about? Yeah. Like what it's absurd. Abs like actually absurd. Yeah, but it's clickbait media. That's exactly what that publication is. It's just clickbait media. That's all they do. Um anyway, Scotty, we were talking about goaltending and I mentioned the po- the penalty kill in there as well. Uh, the penalty kill was stellar yeah. and that five on three you're up. I think the Red Wings are up two to one at that point in which they had the five on three and they played that perfectly. The positioning was great. They didn't chase too far out at any given point, a key block by Ben Chirot as well in during that. And, you know, we'll get to my other thoughts on Ben Chirot late, later uh, in segment three, probably at this point, but, um, but a key block by him. And then Alex Lyon making st- a couple stellar states, a couple stellar saves Near the end, I get my words tied up, up at least once an episode at this point. Um, I mean, just the penalty kill for a while during the season was one of this team's, I wouldn't call it a weak point, but it was something that needed a room for improvement. And I think it was, and I mentioned it on Friday's episode, but Ken Daniels mentioned during the broadcast, they're like 11 for their last 11. It's, I don't, I don't want to call it fixed because nothing's ever fixed. Things go through highs and lows. But the penalty kill right now is looking dominant. They were 13th in the league coming into the game, and four for four today is only going to serve to climb them higher on that chart. And that was something that I didn't think really wasn't something I was focusing on coming into the season. For me, it was more the power play. Yeah, no, for sure. And this is, uh, there are so many additions that were made this offseason that have directly impacted the penalty kill too, which I think is important, right? Like it's not just like, oh, this naturally, like it's been the same group for two seasons and it just woke up one day and was good. Like this is uh, this is a, a, a steady improvement over the last whatever year and a half, calendar year and a half. And uh, I, I completely agree. It's uh, It's been really good lately. It was fantastic on this West Coast roadie, and hopefully, yeah, again, just like really with everything else, hope they can keep the momentum going. Absolutely. Uh, let's take another quick break, Scotty, when we return. Uh, we'll clean up whatever we have left. I want to talk about the Larkin thing. I should have mentioned it probably when we were talking about how just undisciplined the Ducks are, but I want to specifically talk about the Larkin thing because it's getting absurd at this point, the amount of shots that this kid takes. I say kid, he's like six months younger than me. Uh, and then... 
Also want to talk about the United States winning gold at World Juniors. Very briefly, we're not going to spend too much time on it, but we got to give credit where credit's due. So stay tuned to segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. The NFL season is wrapping up. It did wrap up, actually, for the Lions. They finished the season. Weekend of uh, week 18, for sure. What, 12 and 5 was their final record? And if they hadn't gotten screwed by the Cowboys, uh, or the refs rather, they would have had first seed. But we'll, we'll, we're not going to, we're not going to belabor that point because you still got time to get in on the action. Super Wild Card Weekend is next weekend. America's number one sports book is FanDuel, and they're going to have you covered with all the best odds and bets. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, let's talk about Dylan Larkin's cheap shot that he got from Mason McTavish. And thankfully, he was able to return uh, for the second period, but he left with, what, five minutes-ish left in the uh, first period. Let me double-check. I can actually check what time that penalty was and give you guys an accurate. So 13-15 into the second period, so with about seven minutes left in the uh, first period, rather. He took a cross-check down low in front of the net uh, from Mason McTavish, and Larkin went off the ice in clearly in pain, slamming his stick against the boards, and... I don't know what it is about Dylan Larkin. I feel like there's, I feel like the realistic side of me admits to myself there's probably a guy on every team who is the target of these cross checks and is typically the best player on every team. But I don't know a player that gets viciously cross checked in the neck or head area that goes as undisciplined as it does when it happens against Dylan Larkin. I mean, we've seen it, right? We the hip from behind on Matthew Jose by Matthew Joe Matthew Joseph, the cross check to the head, the double cross check to the head by Kelly and Joseph. Jamie Benn's obviously notorious. And now again, it happened with Mason McTavish, which was brutal non-hockey play. At some catch. point, thank you. At some point, the you would think the NHL would step in and not crack down specifically on plays against Dylan Larkin, but on plays like this in general, because it's such a non-hockey play, especially in this situation. Little cross-checks happen all the time throughout the game. I like to equate it to, like, the NFL's holding penalty, right? It happens on every single play, but it's just the de- to the degree of which it happens is when it's going to get called. Little cross-checks in front of the net to push the player out of position happens all the time. But to the degree in which this one happened to Dylan Larkin's back, it was full force, intent, to knock this player to the to the ground, and I would almost argue intent to injure with the amount of effort and force that went behind it. At what point are these types of plays going to warrant disciplinary action? I've mentioned it before, Scotty. The NHL has really cracked down on slashing in recent years. They'll, they'll call every little slash that happens now because the, the uh, DOPS, Department of Player Safety, has decided that the slashes especially to the hands have become super dangerous and have been hurting players, which is true. But the cross checks, I would argue are more dangerous. The boarding penalties that we're seeing are more dangerous. And yet we're seeing the refs just make two minute minor penalties like on these all the time to plays that are straight up injuring guys and leaving them out for months, weeks and months at a time. Dylan Larkin was thankfully able to come back, but 
it's just getting increasingly frustrated. My theory is, Scotty, that the reason why we don't see why it feels like we see it happen more against Dylan Larkin is because he's a really good hockey player. And this is going to sound really dull. No, duh, this first part, right? He's a really good hockey player. So players are going to play really hard against him. So he's going to face a lot of physicality. But he's also not good enough to be protected by the league. He's not Connor McDavid. He's not Austin Matthews. You know, when these types, he's not the superstar the NHL is going to go out of their way to protect. So, and that's just my conspiracy theory. I have no evidence to back that up. I just, I feel like it's not just this season. It feels like the last three or four seasons straight, Dylan Larkin's always on the receiving end of these nasty cross checks or hit from behind. And I'm just getting sick of it. And I'm sick of watching players walking away with two minute minors. And then anyone who retaliates getting a five minute major or more. That's not me defending Perron's thing, because some people might make that connection. I've said numerous times the David Perron thing was uh, just the incorrect reaction for what happened. I respect that he wanted to stand up for his captain, but three strides into a cross trick to the head is not the appropriate reaction, especially on the wrong guy. But I just get tired of the inconsistencies on the punishment to potentially seriously, potentially serious uh, plays penalties. Yeah, I, I um, <clears throat> it's very frustrating for sure. And this is like a broken record conversation that we've had like once a month now for a year, right? Like this isn't, if you listen every day or even remotely close to every day, like you've heard us have this conversation probably like four times this year already. <laughs> like we, we have this discussion over and over and over again because it keeps happening to Dylan Larkin over and over and over again. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, for a league that it has gotten so nitpicky and so uh, like, I don't know if concerned is the right word that I'm really looking for, but particular about certain penalties and about the physicality within the game and how physical hockey is going to be long-term and et cetera, et cetera. For a league that, that, that is constantly in the news cycle about um, to have a player just be on the receiving end of this stuff over and over and over again. And not like, Oh, like he misses a couple of shifts every time it comes back out. They're like, no, this is like, ended his season before this yeah. like this is not like a like oh it, like why are you even complaining like this isn't uh this it, whatever like he always goes back out there he's always ends up being fine like no like he was knocked out cold this year missed a week he's, he's missed an entire season due to it before like it's it's absurd man and i i don't have answers no none of us have answers to it um or else it would be changed so unfortunate. yeah and well, and the reason why I'm nitpicking, I wouldn't say I'm nitpicking, but the reason why I'm homing in on this specific cross trick by Mason McTavish is because, like I said, it was a non-hockey play. Yeah. Like there were a lot of different things Mason McTavish could have done there. Like one, Larkin was already tied up, but he could have come in underneath his arm and tied him up and you know took took his stick away. Instead, he comes in away from the play and just two-hand cross checks Larkin to the nameplate. And it's just what 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 for what reason? And that's why it's a non-hockey play. There was not a discernible reason why to do that. It's not like the puck was down low in front of the net and he was trying to clear the net, which again, I don't like cross checks, but like I said, at the start of this rant, there is a, there is a degree in which the league finds it acceptable in which they're not going to call 
Like they're just going to let it get away with it until it reaches a certain point. Dylan Larkin was there in, uh, you know, battling for position and Mason McTavish comes out of nowhere. And just like I said, nails him in the nameplate with full force. And like, yeah, he's hurt. Like no, no crap. Like I just, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm saying like a lot. I'm just frustrated because the fact that I know this is not going to get any discipline or at worst, I, I think at least it deserves a fine because I know they're not going to, because Larkin came back, they're not going to suspend him. Um, but I, at most they're going to get a, he's going to get a fine and at least he's going to get like, that's all it's going to be at best. I, I, and that's frustrating to me because how, I don't understand how on one hand the league can be like claiming they're trying to make it safer for players. And then Dylan Larkin just continually is on the receiving end of these just non-hockey plays. There's just no place for it in the game. And it, it really frustrates me. Agreed. Yeah. All right. I got it off my chest. Anyways, uh, man, I wanted to talk about the goals against, but you know what? Why the Red Wings, they, they, they won three straight. They swept California. We already kind of talked about how it wasn't the best game. Uh, they were pretty much outplayed by the ducks throughout the whole game. And thanks to a redirection from Michael Rasmussen, not a kicking motion. They ended up winning this game three to two. It wasn't. Uh, huh? It wasn't a kicking motion. Did I say it was? No, no, you said it wasn't, but like, and I understand it's home crowd, whatever, but there was just a lot of like, felt like for whatever reason, um, I don't know. That was like pretty clearly not a kicking motion. That's all. No, I mean, he was just trying to stop. Yeah. Like he was trying to stop in front of the net for redirection and it went off his skate. Uh, also, oh, Joe Valeno's goal. That. Yeah, wraparound, man. You know, I, I was just on the, on the tail end of giving crap to officiating for just letting potentially uh, injury-driven plays take place. Got to give a hand to uh, the review process there. I didn't think that was a goal going into review. And then after a few replays, like it was very clear that was a review uh, goal and they got it right. Yep. Joe Valeno on the wraparound, Andrew Kopp got a primary assist and Ben Chirac at the secondary two players who, uh, I'm not too fond of after this game. Although again, credit Ben Chirac had a huge stop, had a huge block shot on the five on three, but cop and Ben Chirac also combined for the second goal against where Trevor Zegers was wide open back door. Um, Maybe we can have a conversation about it more in depth this week, man. But um, a few off days. They don't play until Thursday. Right. That's my point is we, we got the time. Um, Andrew Kopp is – he has been struggling mightily, man. Yeah, demoted um, to the fourth line in this game. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. So I feel like there might be a little bit more of a big-picture conversation to have there when we're not already at 31 minutes. But um, Has it stopped us before? Yeah, true, but you, you get my point. Uh, in this game in a vacuum, for sticking to game recap, uh, he struggled again. Um, you you signed him to help you in the faceoff circle, help you defensively, be good enough points production-wise. Um, you're, you're not really seeing the fruits of the uh, of that labor in any of those three facets, unfortunately. So, Yeah, I mean, um, that fourth line was getting crushed in this game, and I know it was a completely new makeup on that fourth line, uh, Andrew Cobb, Christian yeah. Fisher, uh, Robbie Fabry, all near the bottom. Daniel Sprong, zero expected goals for it, five on five, by the way. Gets a promotion to the third line and then immediately is the worst player in the team in it, Corsi and expected goals for percentage. Not trying to throw shade because he's been hot lately, but that is kind of crazy <laughs> that he finally gets the promotion and that's where he ends up. Uh, it was just a bad game for him. I'm sure he'll bounce back fine. 
Uh, but yeah, I think that about does it. The last thing to mention, and we'll just mention it briefly. Again, we have three off days, so if we want to expand on it, we can. Uh, Trey Augustine and Team USA are my second round pick, 41st overall. Goaltender, one gold at World Juniors, beating Anton Johansson and uh, XL Sandin Pelika in the World Junior Championship. They won silver. Team Sweden did. Sandin Pelika had an assist in the game, and Augustine was absolutely fantastic in net for them. But it sounds like there's there's some uh, there's reports coming out of Sweden and our uh, local Swedish prospect reporter Lars Dorsell here on Hockey uh, Red Wings Twitter has you know translated a couple articles for Red Wings fans on the social media app and there's one that's saying that uh, Sandin Pelika might miss some time due to an injury. It's still up in the air about how long that's going to be because it's still some murky waters. But man, I hope he's not out for long because he's been electric in the SHL. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, if you want to talk about in the last four months, prospects whose stock has risen the most in the Red Wings system, I think there's an argument it's him and Augustine. <laughs> right, Augustine um, so, especially. Right, so I, I think that uh, I think that, that would be, Augustine obviously much, you know, not a first-round pick and, and – does, didn't have the pedigree going into it that uh, that Axel did, but yeah, man, I uh, obviously hope hope for hoping for the best in that one. Um, but pretty darn cool to see USA win gold. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. And then you know Canada not win anything. Feeling mighty patriotic, dude. How about the uh, bronze medal game, Czechia? Yeah, man. Coming back on Finland, they scored like electric. Four, what three or four goals with like two minutes left? I think it was three. Game. Yeah, electric. They're down five to three and one. No, that's not right. No, they won eight to five, right? Yeah, it was wild though. <laughs> um. Also, Griffin's on a five-game heater. Bergen, Carter, Mazer, goal scorers the other night. It's great. Hype train. Who's been in that? Uh, it's been Hutchinson and Kosa. They've been playing, playing pretty well during the stretch. Uh, so yeah, that does it. Three-game win streak, boys. Oh, uh, Red Wings, fourth place in the division now. They've usurped the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are three points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs for third. Although Three's a streak, baby. Three's a streak. The Leafs have three games in hand on the Wings, though. That's the problem. And they meet together this week uh, on Sunday, an hour before the Lions kick off. So Um, so it's going to be interesting. One point behind the second wildcard spot as well. So the the Red Wings, I keep wanting to say the Lions. Red Wings are very much in the mix right now. Absolutely. So, that's, and that's it, what we asked for. We knew that they weren't going to run away and guarantee themselves a playoff spot. We asked to be in the mix all year. So. Yeah, it's almost like I said, if you win a couple of games, you're right back in it. I, I could swore. The start of the show. I said that like th- two or three times last week. Yeah, everyone, we had a whole episode about it, actually. Yeah. So. Everyone was like, what was me? And it's like, yeah, we're they're playing bad right now, but they're not done yet. Let's calm down. We still have over half a season left. Anyways, uh, Scotty, final thoughts. Uh, happy birthday, Brian. Thanks, buddy. 28 Everybody years old. Brian a happy birthday. He's super old. It's kind of funny. I love testing positive for COVID on my birthday. It was super sick. That is a really not fun way to spend a birthday. I'm sorry, brother. It's all right. Um, yeah. Happy birthday. Love you, bud. Uh, we ball. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. So stay tuned to that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Every day.